Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. John Maxwell. Today, we talk about how businesses adapt to change and adopt new practices and technology to better reach their customers on today's Straight Shot Marketing Podcast. Welcome to Straight Shot. Marketing is everywhere. It's around your life, from what you eat to what you wear and where you go. It is a vital part of any and all business. Let's discuss the world of marketing and business as it influences everyday life with the staff of Atlanta Marketing Agency, Reformation Productions, and guests as they give it to us straight. Get ready. Take aim. Steady. Welcome to Straight Shot. People don't like change, but change happens. Like John Maxwell said, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. So the question is, how quickly can your business adapt to change? So, Zachary, let's discuss. The world is always turning, right? A society is always moving. Styles come and go. Words, slang, changes with each passing generation. Our lives, what we do within our lives, always changes. So how can the business communities keep up? Well, um, like you mentioned before, people don't like change. But businesses, even more so. Now, running a business is like sailing a ship through the oceans of commerce. You concentrate on keeping moving it forward over and over again. Now, you make little adjustments as necessary so that you can reach your goal. But turning that ship is not an easy task. Now, the key to reacting to change in the ocean or anywhere (laughs) starts with observation and acceptance. You have to accept that change is going to happen when you see it coming. That change must happen or you're going to crash right into that iceberg. Titanic, what? (laughs) And then you're going to become shipwrecked. But our job as the companies and the executives and marketing directors that steer the ship for those companies is to keep ourselves in front of our audience, forever maintaining awareness and preference, while also soliciting new business to keep that ship moving forward. That is the purpose of marketing or business communications. To do marketing right, you have to keep your business in front of your customer. To figure out the best move for your business when change is upon us, because usually change happens to us, we have to understand the history of our society, of businesses, and technology when it comes to the adoption process. So, let's discuss how the world changes or how the world turns. I don't know the theme song for that. Or I would love to insert that here. <laughs> As the world turns. Now, uh, traditional adoption trends is what I'm talking about. So let's let's start with let's start with big picture, okay? Always. Our society 
has gone through several shifts over recorded time. Okay. Now, Society 1.0 is the hunter-gatherer society. Society 2.0 is the agrarian society. Mm -hmm. Society 3.0 is the industrial society. And Society 4.0 is the information society. Mm. You could tell that we named these or are reporting Labels. on these, labeled these, Within the after the dot com era, because everything sounds like an OS system, it's 2. Windows 3.1. Yeah, <laughs> Windows 8.0. <laughs> so, uh, each of these big picture shifts often are a direct correlation to the technology innovations of the day. Let me explain it to you because this is important. Okay, hunter gatherer society, right? 1.0. We used what we had what we came with, all right? Our tools were our hands and our feet, the rocks that we found on the ground, the sticks that we found in the forest, okay? Society 2.0, the agrarian society. By this time, we learned how to make hand tools for farming. No. <laughs> so now we could, you know, use a hoe and till the ground and irrigate and, we learned how to make tools with our hands that we could use in farming. The plow, that's just a big tool that you carried behind a horse, right? Mm -hmm. These are tools for farming, okay? Then we had the Industrial Society 3.0, mm -hmm. okay? We learned machines, and machines revolutionized our society and our culture. They did the work for us. And if you watch the Terminator series, the machines will take over. Skynet has become self-aware. That leads us to our current societal age, which is Society 4.0, the Information Society. Now we have radio, television, internet, and the fastest access to information like we've never had before. I'm thinking we're probably headed into the 4.5. Oh, Society, I don't know what that is—the misinformation society. <laughs> Whoever makes those uh, those decisions, uh, they don't know about fake news. Fake news society. <laughs> Anyways, this is all very, very high level. Now, within each of these societal divisions, we have things like the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, the Renaissance, the Industrial Age. Yes, and even those can be broken down even further. Usually, we do it by you know. Generation. You have the GI generation, the silent generation, the baby boomers. The boomers. Yep. Uh, Gen X, which I am. Gen Y, which you are. Gen what? Then we have the millennials. I'm Jennifer. We have the millennials, Gen Z. Or if we aren't specifically talking about people, we'll refer to them by their decades, right? You have the 20s, the 30s, the 50s, the 80s. And speaking of decades, yes. we've actually done a podcast kind of about that topic. Uh, I guess it was decades ago. Well, no, I think it was a couple years ago, but it was on generational marketing. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really cool. I think you guys should check it out. So if you haven't seen that podcast yet, it's called Generational Marketing. You can go to straightshot.net and look it up. There's also a teaser video for that podcast. You were an impersonator in that. You were Michael J. Fox. I was. I don't want to brag or anything, but in the promotional uh, teaser video for that podcast, I was holding a flux capacitor <laughs> in my lap. It's pretty rad. Yep. Pretty rad. Uh, but 
Oh, um, sorry, back to work. <laughs> one of the identifiable elements within these subdivisions is still technology. So the larger divisions mark bigger changes in technology. And then once that technology is made, it is often you know improved upon. Different people will invent different uh, variations of it. But once that big invention hits, that usually marks the end of an era. And we move into a new division, the next division. Of course, the problem is we never know that until after we've gone through it. So True. then somebody, you know, years later will look back on it and say, ah, oh, that's when this started. <laughs> that's when the millennial happened. I tell you, when when we started using, um, when, when I first started working in the marketing industry at an agency, we used to FedEx things to publications overnight. We would print out a hard copy of the ad that we wanted to run in that newspaper, magazine, whatever, and we would FedEx it to them. Hand wow. delivery. Yeah. Then the newspapers had something really cool called AdStar. For those of you in the industry, you know what I'm talking about. Where we would actually put in directly, we would, we would like FTP directly into their computer and we would tell it what our ad was that we wanted. That must have felt exhilarating right. at oh. the time. And now nobody uses FedEx unless they're receiving something from Amazon. No, that's usually UPS. Yeah, you but <laughs> Time is fascinating, isn't it? And people, the whole thing. I love to hear about people across time and to marvel at how they lived and the similarities with today and the differences. I think that's why people enjoy period dramas and uh, on TV and movies and stuff like that. Well, that and just general nostalgia. You know, mm -hmm. uh, nostalgia is when you uh, think on things in your own lifetime, like I just was. I was yeah. being nostalgic. But, you know, I could sit and listen to older people about their lives for hours and hours on end. Absolutely. I love it, too. I was actually just listening to a, a music or I guess watching a music video today about the 90s. And I think the name of the song is 90s Kid. Oh, I have not heard that one. I think it, uh, Jordan Rabjohn, just a little shout out to Jordan Rabjohn. I think he's the artist. I don't even said. know who that is. No, I know. He's a, he's 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 brand new. He's a, ba he's a baby. <laughs> but he, he's a baby. Listen to me. But he sings a song called 90s Kid. And he, I guess he's I guess he's a 90s kid. But uh, anyway, so it's just like a montage of all these things if you grew up in the 90s. And even some of that stuff is a little bit late 90s where I was like too cool for all that. So you probably thought about that the same way that we thought about Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom. She's got it going on. Yeah. Stacy's mom has got it going on. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to business. When when did when did Ozzy become an actor? And when did Ozzy become an actor? Please make It was such a great song. He became an actor because MTV did... When they stopped playing music. No. MTV <laughs> ran a show called Cribs. Yep. And it was basically Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, but it was on MTV, so it was about their houses yep. and cars and stuff. And the Osbournes... Shut up! Shut So the Osbournes did an episode of Cribs, and it was so funny... And so well received by the audience that MTV offered them their own reality show. You're being nostalgic. No, I'm being informative. That's good <laughs> stuff right there. That's a nugget. Yep. Okay, back to business and the business community. So 
tell us how all of this uh, change over time affects business. Um, well, change affects everyone, including the people that are working in businesses and business owners as well. But there are several keys that business owners use, that businesses use to handle change. And I'm going to go through them. I'm going to go through I them. have six that I'm going to list for you here today. Okay, number one. Number one is acceptance. We have to acknowledge change. Denial does not help. I accept that. Now, <laughs> now I know that SOA reference for all of you. I accept that. Now, I know, and we've established in this conversation, that people don't like change. And businesses are filled with people. But keeping your heads in the sand isn't beneficial for our companies. Right. And some people will be going against their very nature. Yes. But owning a business, managing a business, isn't an easy job. No. But someone has to be captain of the ship. And if you are the boss, that's you. Mm. Uh, and that means more responsibility, more looking beyond our own nature. Ask me now, I know. I, that's true. And I guess it comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. A part of the job description when you sign up for the life of a business owner or a high-level executive. Yeah, but, you know, to, to back it off a little bit, I was a little pushing a minute ago. Now I'll back it off a little bit. Uh, people are flawed. We all are. Yeah. So here's a tip to help you stay ahead of it. Keep your ear to the ground and your eyes on the horizon. You have to look for change, anticipating it, so that you can make the best decision that you can for your company. This is why we have trade publications and associations, peer groups, keeping up that observation and awareness of what's going on around you will make acceptance easier once change happens. Ooh, here we go again, we're getting deep. We did that last time, didn't we? We did. <laughs> um, owning a business is serious. Mm -hmm. It's not all fun and games as some employees like to think that it is. Um, that's one of the reasons owners and executives deserve the perks that they get within a company. That is true. And, you know, just like the way children treat their parents, business leaders are often underappreciated for these types of things. Mm -hmm. You know, keeping another human alive and well, sheltered and fed and safe and educated is a big task. <laughs> they don't know the long nights and the crying and the screaming. Or, or, or the joy that comes when things are going well, when things are running mm -hmm. like a well-oiled machine. All pistons are firing in the right direction. All systems are go. <laughs> we use a lot of analogies, don't we? Yes. Yes, we do. Best way to communicate. Clear picture. Now, another way to ease acceptance is to understand our past. Yeah, let's talk more about that. We've discussed the different societal divisions, but I know you talk more on this in some of your speaking engagements. Yeah, um, I often talk about the adoption process in a bit more detail that's specific to whatever it is that I'm teaching about. Okay, so let's have it. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, one of the ways to understand and accept change is to see our track record 
as people. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Let's look at it from a little different perspective, right? So let's look at it by industry in a way, okay? Not specific industries like people are used to, but hang with me. Storytelling, okay? This is an activity that people do. This is a, storytelling is a noun, it's a thing. It's not an industry. Story time. Story time, yeah. We used to tell stories around campfires, okay? People would gather around the campfire, because it's the only thing we had for heat, and they would tell stories, and people would listen to campfire stories. If you ever wonder where the uh, idea of you going to summer camp and telling ghost stories around the campfire comes from, this is it. This is where it comes from. Okay, it's how we used to tell stories. Then we built buildings and people would gather in theaters to tell stories, right? We had William Shakespeare, we had plays, right? Then we had the printing press. So the printing press was invented and we had books that people could read and that was storytelling. Then it moved to soap operas and radio. Remember radio used to be furniture that was in your house. Then we had film, moving pictures. Then those moving pictures went to the small screen, which was television. Television went from broadcast to cable, which means it reached more people. Then we had the advent of the VCR. Mm-hmm. See, and I remember this. We didn't have cable growing up, so that's that's where I fell in this line. But we did have a VCR when VCRs first came out. So we had home video. People brought their movies home. To, uh, to enjoy their storytelling from the comfort of their home. Now we have streaming. So people don't even go out and, and buy a, a video from the store. They buy it from their phone or directly from their TV, and they just stream it. So you can kind of see how through storytelling, it's we've changed how we do this through technology. We'll always be able to know when... People stopped watching DVDs and started streaming because our DVD collection stopped. Ste- ceased. That's very it true. It stops. You know, That's like all of us had Toy Story, and then it just stopped. <laughs> well, let's look at um, let's look at another one. Let's look at music. Okay, when music first um, started for you know for society for masses, society would gather at the opera house at the theater, right? Just like story time, they would gather at the theater. And they would listen to, uh, you know, operas. Operas were the albums from uh, back in Beethoven and Bach's day in Mozart. Um, if you watch the movie Amadeus, great movie. It's his favorite movie. He's Please watch the movie. writing a collection of work. That is what modern day we call an album. But he played it for a season at the theater. Live in front of people. After that, we played music on the radio with the advent of radio. Then we had home entertainment. Now, home entertainment gets broken down even further. We had records. Mm-hmm. I know people, kids, that do not even know what a record is. It's like a giant CD. What's a CD? <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we had 45s, 33s, and 78s for you uh, older folks. That just sounds like a bunch of numbers. You're just <laughs> making it up. And then we had... Tapes. Now, tapes were smaller. You could fit them in your pocket. A record you couldn't fit in your pocket. So we went from records to tapes. Now, tapes came in several forms. We had reel-to-reel, 8-track for all you truckers, 
and then you know the cassette tape that we're that we're all those of us that are Gen X are used to, mm-hmm. right? Then we had MTV. MTV was aware of sharing music over the television. Okay. Back in the day. Back in the day when they actually played music on MTV. Another story. Uh, then after that, we had home video. We would buy uh, artists would release uh, their videos on home release because they weren't on MTV anymore. <laughs> so, but they still making them, so you could buy them in the in the store. Then we had CDs, which you had. I think you mentioned. Yes, I was a C. Well, I mean, I had tapes, but yeah, I think my generation is defined by the CDs. Phil Collins was the very first artist that decided they were not going to release their album on tape. It was only going to be on CD. Ooh, how risky! And it it rocked the world. People were like, "What is they? What are they doing?" Well, after CDs came MP3s. Okay, now MP3s. This is all under the line of home entertainment. MP3s are downloaded. You don't have a physical you copy. Used to, no, you don't have a physical copy at all. And if you bought it on iTunes, and you lose your Apple ID, you lost that song. Waste of money. <laughs> anyway. And you buy them individually. So moving on from that, then we had YouTube. So YouTube. A lot of people listen, even still today, listen to music on YouTube. But we also have, we've moved beyond that, and we have streaming. We have Spotify and Apple Music and, and all of these things where people don't, I mean, you don't buy music hardly at all anymore. Napster kind of killed the, the entire industry, but I won't go into that. Video but killed the radio my, star, <laughs> and uh, Napster killed everybody. Yes. My, my point is, even in listening to music, um, you can see technology has changed the way that, that we live our lives. It changed the careers of some people because being a rock star no longer exists. Sorry, all you people that are still playing like it exists in the music industry. I light my lighters. Flow, flow them in the air for you. Yeah, it's just not the same as it was. Okay. Uh, now, uh, I'll talk about this in, in one more way. News. How people get their news, okay? It started off as they had what was called a town crier. Do you know what a town crier is? I do know what a town crier what, is. Tell us what a town crier is. I would is. love to. Okay, a town crier was a person that stood in the middle of town, and they usually were accompanied by a little bell, like a dinner bell. kind. Of, well, a little bigger than a dinner bell. And they would ring the bell, they'd get everybody's attention, and they would shout... The headlines for people. Shout the news. Shout the, the gossip of the day at people walking by in the town. So if you ever look at, at old uh, movies, you might be able to see this. Where so-and-so comes into town from out of town, and then everybody gathers around to hear about what's going on wherever he came from. So he is telling the news. What's the buzz? Tell me of, what's yeah, happening. He's talk, telling the news about somewhere away from there. That was the town crier. Now... After that, we had the printing press, like I mentioned before, and then we had newspapers. Now, I'll talk about this a little later, but there's always a transition period between the two, and you don't just you know, throw one away when something new comes out. So the town crier changed from being the person that told stories to being the person that sold newspapers. That's where the extra, extra read all about it comes from. Right, they would run around and yell headlines, like you mentioned. They would yell headlines in order to sell the newspapers. So that's you can kind of see where that came from. Well, that person used to just be the one that told the story, 
right? And now there was a printed form, so that person sold the newspapers. Then came radio, and we got our news through radio and then television. Then we had websites. So people would go to, you know, foxnews.com or cnn.com in order to get their news that way so that they weren't chained to their TV at people six, magazine, six o'clock, people.com. 11 o'clock. Right. Now, Buzzfeed. <laughs> now people don't even use websites. They use social media. Or apps. Um, yeah. Well, Facebook it is a lot of people get their news through Facebook, through Twitter. A lot of people um, make up their news through Facebook. Well, we're not talking about fake news right now. Just saying. I think we mentioned that already. You put a meme uh, next to it, it must be true. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's also apps on your phone too. But my point is, again, you can see how it is moved uh, as technology happens. The way that we live our society changes. Now let's look at let's look at at one more. This is a little more business focused. Okay, for those of you that are in retail, we used to sell things to people by festivals you had these travel this traveling group that came to towns gypsies yeah basically uh traveling sales shows that happened okay and so this this festival would come um that's where the if you see the the county fair very this is kind of how all that started things don't just happen for no reason guys people would come together at these festivals to sell things which included their cows or their livestock, for those of you that, that are thinking about mm. southern southern festivals and 4-H clubs. All that happened because that's how we did retail. That's how we sold things, okay? Then we went to brick and mortar. That's what everybody's familiar with. It's where you actually have stores in towns. Uh, so we went from stores in towns. It used to be there was one store per town. We no longer had to have people running around. Then we moved to the age of Sears and Roebuck. Mm. Sears and Roebuck started off as a catalog and mail order company. Took the world by storm because you could order something out of the catalog. We sent these printed pieces of collateral around that did the sales for us. And then when I grew up, the mall exploded and we had these giant shopping malls with lots of stores that are in them. And then today... Today we have Amazon. <laughs> Today we have Amazon.com. We, we have websites, yeah. right? You can go to Walmart now, which is a department store, was a very popular department store. You could walk in there. They won't have it. And you know what they'll tell you to do? Go, go online. online. Um, they're like, well, we could order it. I'm like, I could order it. Yeah. Sometimes you so, need it like right now. But my point is things keep changing based on technology. Now, as we get more detailed, as we look closer, kind of like a microcosm, we see even more. Okay, so those those were those weren't as big as societal changes, but um, now we're going to talk about the smaller picture. Okay, so before I talked about music in general, how people enjoyed music. Now we'll talk specifically about the delivery of music. Okay, so it started with. The personal delivery of music started with the radio, okay? People had, uh, again, the furniture in their house, or they had the little bitty one that they, you know, they would try to listen to the baseball game on AM stereo, whatever. Um, AM stereo, AM radio wasn't stereo. Uh, so we went from that to 
the boombox. The ghetto blaster. Which was stereo. It had two speakers, and you could carry it around with you and listen to it. Huge hit in the early 80s. Bitchin'. Um, yeah. Sorry, but that's, uh, what it, that's what it was. After that, we had the Walkman, which was little. Mm-hmm. Size has a lot to do with why technology changes, too. Size matters. We won't do that today. That's true. Um, so we went from uh, the boombox to the Walkman. Cassettes gave way to CDs. We had the... Discman. Discman. Yep. Yes. Uh, and then after that, there was a period when people were in love with their car stereos. So car stereos were a big thing. Before, everybody just kept their standard thing. But then now, you know, everybody started enjoying the... Dum, dum. Yeah, the both. You would hear it going down the street. Dum, dum. We like the cars. After that came the iPod, which was a thousand songs in your pocket. Ooh. (laughs) Sorry, I was like, it was very impressive. Then we had moved to their phones. Apple doesn't even make the iPod anymore. Yeah. Because now they they have the iPhone, and you can put songs on your phone. Seriously. You can do everything on your phone. And then now we have. Bluetooth, so your phone can connect to your car, so you don't need a car stereo. So the point is, even with things that, you know, how we do things, like personal delivery of music, has changed. Let's look at another one. Let's look at personal, individual communications in general, okay? Started off, we had letters. P- people were pen pals to each other. I they think we had carrier, write, we had smoke signals. Yeah, <laughs> well... I guess that's true. Smoke signals may have been first. Carrier pigeons. And then we had, uh, yes, carrier pigeons and then letters through a postal system. Sorry, I'm just trying to catch you up. I thought was where I was going to start, but you're absolutely right. Hey, man. Uh, So we had letters. And letters were a big deal. When you received something, when the mailman came, you were like, oh, the mailman came, it's a big deal, right? Somebody wrote a letter. And you you would pour over these letters, right? Then we had the telegraph where we could talk over wires using morse code and then we had the telephone okay now the telephone huge invention right people talk to each other via the telephone interestingly enough you know who designed the telephone who alexander graham bell he invented the so telephone. <laughs> he also invented underwear the, mi- the microphone oh, oh. Yep. really yep wow thank you for um, everything that we're now, using today after telephones, we had shortwave radio where we could talk over radio waves. Then we had the CB radio for all you truckers. Mm, breaker Breaker 1-9. This is a little dipper to Big Skinny. Are you, do you <laughs> and have And then beep? we had beepers. Pagers. Pagers, right. Yes. Now, um, we talk a little bit about how much people don't like change. When it came to beepers... There was a huge pushback against beepers and this big negative stigma that came along with it. If you weren't a doctor, you must be a drug dealer. If you there's no in between, there's no but there's no. no you're you're either a heart surgeon or a crackhead. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, totally. So that makes perfect sense. Very very much. Happened. I had one, and I was neither a heart surgeon or a crackhead. <laughs> Bucking trends, right? So there. after the pager came. Cell phones. Car phones. Bag phones. Brick yep. phones. Those were all cell phones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then came 
the smartphone, which technically isn't a cell phone if you look at the technology. Uh, but now we all have this in our pocket. So personal communication, again, completely changed. So just like we did before, let's talk about one of these that is more business focused. Okay. okay. How would a business owner, thinking back as far as you can, let's don't go to smoke signals again. Uh, we, hey, it's a challenge. How, how would a, uh, a business owner tell people, let people know where their business was? That was the primary reason that signage was invented. Ye old tavern. Yes. So people would put a sign in their window. They would hang uh, something outside the their, their, pony. their stoop. Their, their, their awning. stoop? Yes. So people would know uh, where it was, where the blacksmith was when you were walking down um, the street. This is after the Romans made paved roads and, and all of that. So um, Could everybody read back then? No. Hmm. Well, they used you know pictures. they did. They put pictures they on. Pictures. They had they had hanging signs, and they yep. would put a picture of a prancing pony on it. That's where graphic design comes from. <laughs> which uh, oh, we've come full circle. Actually, we did another episode about signage. If y'all want to look it up, we talked and about we've done we talk logo about design. Yep. <laughs> so after signage, there was another big one, which was yellow page directories let your fingers do the walking yellow page directories were huge and people loved because as soon as you wanted something you went to the yellow page directory it was like a catalog for your entire metro area it was all all in one place right after that we used uh direct mail and then now we have search engines the googles yeah well we had we had uh, yahoo we had yahoo and ask jeeves then came google and Bing is still here, yeah. But the point is that things always change through invention, through technology. It's true. That was an enjoyable little walk through history there. Yeah, a little, little nostalgia. A little bit. Now, listeners, I want you to look at your own lives within these examples. Where do you fall? What are your experiences? What do you remember? Now, as we said... People don't like change, and some of those took a long time to become normal in our society. That's very true. Um, but if you study history again, uh, study history, we can see that the adoption process started long, and now it's begun to run its course quicker and quicker as time moves forward. I have a chart. Matter of fact, I'll throw the chart up on the screen. Visual um, aid. Uh, for those of you that are watching us on video on Apple Podcast or YouTube or wherever it is that you see video versions of the show, uh, up on the screen, you'll see a chart. Now, in the 1900s, the telephone took over 40 years to become majority adopted. Mm. Now, you, those of you looking, you'll see the line goes further because it goes to 100% adoption, but... 50% majority adoption took about 40 years, okay? Electricity took around 25 years. Okay. All right? Then in the 1910s, cars took about 10 years to reach 50% adoption. So half of the people in the world were using cars, right? 10 okay. years. Radio in the 1920s, seven years. Ooh. Then in the 30s, you see I'm doing what we talked about where we reclassify things by, yeah, by you're, decades. Yeah, you're a labeler. Uh, in the 30s, we had the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. 
The refrigerator took 10 years to become majority adopted. But we had a Great Depression, guys. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. It gets, it gets, so a, it gets a little bit let's, of that. Let's jump, jump forward. We don't need to okay. go through every single decade. Uh, in the 80s, we had the microwave was a new invention. Yes. Took eight years to become majority adopted. In the 90s, we had the internet. Took six years to become majority adopted. In the 2000s, introduced HDTV. Less than four years to become adopted. In the 2010s, we had social media, right? I told you guys I lived through that adoption period. About three years for people to, 50% of the world, to become adjusted and adopt to social media. Smartphones took less than that. The yeah. iPad, tablets, even less. But when you line it all up like that, you can really see how the adoption rates have gotten to acceptance faster and faster. Yes, now... Here's where it gets super interesting. Lay it on me. <laughs> if we break down the adoption process, regardless of how long it takes, okay. we see some traits. So I'm okay. going to pull up a clip from my TikTok IG Reels for Business webinar that I did recently that kind of talks about this and talks through the specifics of the adoption process so that we can kind of recognize what those traits are, regardless of how long it takes. If it takes 40 years, if it takes 50 years, if it takes four months, the process within that time frame is always the same. Let's watch. Now, if we want to look at it as a whole, business adoption process, we have the innovators, the people that develop whatever this piece of technology is. In our case, we're talking about TikTok, right? And then we have the early adopters. Those are the people that first use said technology for whatever reason, personal entertainment, business. We're talking about business today. So these are early adopters. So people that have jumped on board the, in this case, TikTok bandwagon already, okay? There's several companies that have done that. Uh, Guess was one of the first ones. Uh, Levi's was one of the first ones. They are early adopters from a business standpoint to, uh, to TikTok. Those people uh, take on the risks. They have high hopes for what it could be. They have curiosity. And they're generally speaking, they're pretty savvy folks. They move on. They learn how to use it appropriately. And then they become strategic users of the technology. They become the professionals. They're responsible. They're invested. They're smart folks. Okay? These are the early adopters. Then we have general awareness, people that aren't early to the adoption process. And that divides into two parts. You have the skeptics, and then you have those people that are just simply unaware, right? So the skeptics are the ones that look at whatever the new technology is, and they were like, yeah, but no. no yeah, I know it's there. I know you say it's great. I, I know people are jumping up. No, I'm not going to do it. Those people are skeptics, okay? And then you have the people that are unaware that are just clues. What? They have no idea. They have no idea what's going on. Uh, they're completely oblivious. Well, once media hype and general awareness catch up to those people, things change. Then we have those that deny its existence, deny that it's going to, to be there, that it's going to help businesses or, or whatever. 
those people in denial grow out of touch or out of business as the world decides to move past where they are. Then we have the mature few, which are the ones that catch on earlier than others. They team up with the early adopters, they learn from them, and they become strategic users of the technology. A little faster than, than others, but not as fast as the early adopters. How many of you wish that you had figured out what Google Ads was back in the early years when it was first developed and super, super cheap, right? You'd be ruling the world right now. So then we have the majority of folks, majority adoption, okay? These are people that usually, they're like, okay, fine, I'll do it, right? They usually have inflated expectations. They, they jump on board with everybody else and they usually make mistakes because they haven't done a lot of the research. They're just reacting to the hype. Now, when that happens and it doesn't go well, they become disillusioned. This happened a lot with social media and Facebook when it was brand new. I tried Facebook, it didn't work. Well, the truth of the matter is it didn't work for you. It works overall. The question is why didn't it work for you? But it doesn't matter because you're disillusioned and uh, you don't want to be involved. So you abandon the whole idea and technology marches right along past you. Or you can adapt, make changes to whatever you did that didn't work, get serious about it, and become a strategic user. This is what we see time and time again when it comes to adopting processes and specifically businesses adopting processes. So something to kind of understand. Right now, we are in the middle of media hype and awareness for TikTok. You've already missed early adopter, okay? You were either a skeptic or you were unaware. At this point, we're looking at, are you going to be one of the mature few? Or are you going to be part of the majority when they decide to adopt it? Or are you just going to deny that it is a viability for your business? Your choice, whichever one you're going to be, but from a study standpoint, this is the road that people go down. Now guys, a lot of Zachary speaking engagements and webinars like this one are available on demand in the member video library for Patreon supporters. So just go to patreon.com forward slash straight shot to gain access to that library. It's part of the standard membership level if you enjoy his teachings and you want to learn a little bit more. Yeah, right now there's about nine hours worth of content in there. Really? You um, talk a lot. And it, Well, it's growing every time I do a talk or a, a webinar. I also do live rebroadcast on my Facebook from time to time. Oh, yeah. So be sure that you follow his Facebook account as well. That's facebook.com forward slash be Zachary Bennett. Yeah. So uh, the next key. I've only talked about one so far. Okay. But before we do that... Let's just take a little break, a little one. We have to take some time out to show some love to our sponsors. But when we get back, key number two. See you in about two minutes. Straight Shot is brought to you by Reformation Productions. 
a full-service marketing agency in Atlanta, Georgia, helping companies promote and communicate their business in the most efficient and effective ways possible through straight-line marketing. Find out more by visiting ReformationPro.com or call 678-825-8086. Reformation Productions. Think in straight lines. I was so nervous. I had never done anything like this before. It took courage, stamina. It was exactly what I've been dreaming of since I was a little girl. They were exactly what I was looking for. These aren't couples. They're business owners and customers talking about their journeys and business relationships. The study of relationship building has many parallels in both couples and business. Join B. Zachary Bennett in his new book, Married to Marketing, where he uses this comparison to walk through the process and commitment of owning a business and building relationships with customers and creating your story. Order Married to Marketing by B. Zachary Bennett today. We are so thankful for our sponsors. They are who make it possible for us to put on this little show. If you would like to show your support, reach out to us at info at straightshot.net or visit patreon.com forward slash straightshot for more information. Okay, so we're back. Let's get back to it. Okay, so number one was acceptance. Using the wealth of history to ease and comfort us during the acceptance step. Mm -hmm. Number two is respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T? Find out what it means to me. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. <laughs> um, respect. When do we <laughs> see change coming, we always need to respect what has come before us. Disrespect can upset those that haven't accepted the change. Mm. Just because I gave you some tools to use doesn't mean everybody else has the, those same tools, right? Um, it can also mean a, a difference between us making a sound decision or making a rash decision that may not be, you know, what's best for the company. So we have to keep grounded. Don't go chasing every fad. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Just stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, that was another 90s reference. <laughs> so don't disrespect what came before, because likely you will continue doing it while you're trying out uh, this new thing. So, uh, and like I said, with the, the town crier, there's usually some sort of crossover there too. Uh, anyway, number three. Number three. Self-education. So you've kept your ear to the ground. You're not acting rash or disrespectful. Now you need to dive in and see what this, whatever it is, is all about. Yeah. So they can do things like, you know, internet searching, attending seminars, uh, and webinars like the one you did on TikTok, like you mentioned. Exactly. And that's precisely why I did that one. TikTok is new and it's taking the world by storm, but I did my research on it and then shared it with the business community because it's what I do. It is what you do, but you do it well. Well, well thank you. I share it through my own social media, through speaking engagements or webinars now, thank you, COVID, mm. uh, in my uh, consultation practice, 
um, where, wherever I can best serve the public. So. Wow. Good. Number four. Oh, number four. Number four, key. Key number four. Number four. Next is to evaluate the risks versus the benefits. I don't believe in making decisions without knowledge. Hmm, what about wisdom? Wisdom and experience are important too. But you can't fly the plane blind for very long. Ha, and there is another analogy. Always. Hmm. But it's important to lead yourself through this. You need to look at both sides and think of the possibilities. Look at the history of the opportunity. Look into the hype. Why are people excited? Make a list of the pros and cons of using the technology or communication method with an open mind. That's important. And then you need to think about it in terms of strategy. Is this a possible long-term strategy? Is it a possible short-term strategy? Then, of course, we look at the costs that are associated. You know, a lot of times the costs are low enough that the risks are somewhat minimized. I mean, why not do it, right? And then other times the cost is higher in the, you know, it's why would I do that? You know, so so two sides. Again, you have to evaluate these things. I literally make a list and then I sit with that list for a while as I'm making the decision. The man loves his lists. He makes so many lists, in fact, that he actually puts lists on the back of other lists. And <laughs> he makes lists on napkins and on bags. And yes, the man loves his list. There was a book about writing things on napkins. Uh, a, a back of the napkin. It's a good book. It's a very good book. It's a very interesting book. It's about it's about branding, marketing, and, 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 and capitalizing on ideas when you have them. Right, absolutely. Write it down. Number five. Number five would be to look at the typical reasons or excuses that people have used for delayed adoption. Again, this is based on our history, okay? What have people said before when they have decided to look the other way when it came to adopting a new process or a new piece of, of technology. Well, why don't you go through some of those for us with our listeners here? Um, okay. Uh, typical reasons or excuses for delayed adoption. My favorite of these excuses, uh, which I heard an awful lot during uh, the um, social media adoption process, was, I don't like it. Um, I don't want to. Yeah, well, people, so many people, I just don't like it. And That's fine. Uh, you don't un have to. Unfortunately, um, when it comes to communicating your business, you not liking it is not a priority. It's not. If you remember at the beginning of the show when we talked about, you know, the roles of marketing, the roles of marketing is to get in front of your audience. The role of marketing isn't to make sure the business owner likes it. Our job to be in front of your audience. If your audience likes it, then you should do it. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, that's an excuse. Tough okay? stuff, cream puff. Yeah, I mean, uh, now, it's a bonus if you like it. Whatever, yeah, it makes it Whatever easier. it is, mm -hmm. right? But uh, again, when you're making a decision for the business, your personal thoughts do not go in front of what's best for the business and where your public is. So that is an excuse. Another one, 
Another excuse that has been turned into a cliche, you'll recognize this, is, oh, that'll never take off. Or, uh, it's just a fad. It's flash in the pan. Rock and roll has got to go. Rock and roll has got to go. And go it does at KWK. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you hear that all the time whenever something new happens, right? Um, so, next, which is one that I heard really, really recently, like a week ago when I was talking to people about the fact that I was doing the webinar on TikTok, what they said was, oh, that's just for kids. Let me remind you of something. Changes in our society often happen with the young. Okay. So it's for kids doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't look into doing it. That's right. I mean, kids usually, they move and adapt to things so quickly, so it's only natural that they would move. Because everything is new to them. That, and they get bored. They're so (laughs) bored. I'm so bored. Okay, so I have this little show that I do on social media once a week called Marketing with the Misses. I've talked about it before on the show here, but. And it's basically a quick little 10-minute sound off of me being weird and talking about things. And I was talking about TikTok, and what I had talked about it was. Wait, wait, what's your show called? Marketing with the Misses. Ding! Ding. <laughs> if you saw uh, the last it's episode, it's an inside we did. joke. Anyway, it's an inside joke. Um, if you know, you know. <laughs> and if you don't, hmm, you should know. Marketingwiththemisses.com. Um, anyway, on my show, we talked about TikTok. And on TikTok, I said, you know, it's funny because at first the kids are all into it. And, and all they do is they talk about TikTok and all oh, TikTok. And, you know, as a parent, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to hear about this stupid TikTok anymore. And then you think to yourself, you know, in true parent form, I have to do my due diligence. I got to see what the TikTok's all about. Make sure my kid isn't being exposed to anything dangerous or anything like that. Uh, China. Anyways, so we go on TikTok and we take a peek. And turns out that's where all the fun is. So <laughs> one thing that has become apparently clear to us over the years is that kids always steal the, they always start the fun. And then the adults come through and steal it back. <laughs> Good job, parents. Yeah. Way to cl- way to well, reclaim the TikTok. That happened. That happened with Facebook. Facebook started off with college students because it was developed when Zuckerberg. The same was generation in, is still on Facebook. We're just not in college yeah. anymore. Um, and then older people started getting on on Facebook, and then younger people, our kids, wouldn't get on Facebook because that's where you're the, yes, you're that's, where the, that's where the parents were. Boomer. <laughs> Easy boomer. So you talked about needing to check and see if TikTok was safe for uh, your children. It's October. I wonder if that's where inspecting the trick-or-treat candy came from. I would think so. I think this, I think you're talking about candy ta- or daddy tax. That, well, daddy tax is different, but yes, we do do that. Candy tax. <laughs> the daddy t- so I believe... I believe that Zachary sends the children out to trick or treat so that they will bring him candy back. Are you kidding? I and tell they, them. They get to I tell them what left. to look for. If you see this, get it. <laughs> you know why? Because we are sick of the kids having all the fun. We've gone and we've reclaimed the fun. So good for you, Dad. <laughs> all right. So anyway, back to business. Another one um, that I hear sometimes, and this one is tricky because it's not necessarily an excuse. It can be. But it can be a reason because it could be plausible, okay? And that is, this just doesn't apply to my business, right? Where that's just not where my audience is. 
which may be true. You have to look at that. Only you really know. So are you using it as an excuse to avoid something that's new because mm -hmm. you haven't accepted that change is happening? It's hard to learn new or things. Or have you evaluated it and you've decided that this is not good for my company right now? So only you need to, to do that. So you need to ask yourself, am I feeling or thinking any of these things? Then evaluate the risks for your business because your business and Joe Schmo's business are not going to be the same. Every business is different. So you need to think. It better be. Will it hurt your business? How much does it cost to participate in said new thing? And then you need to think about, okay, this is what I think, but what if I'm wrong? Ah, the thinking roundabout. What if I'm wrong? And then you need to think about, okay, well, what if they're wrong? You know? And then you need to think about it from a time perspective. Could I benefit from this right now? Or is this something that I should put in place so that I can benefit from it later? All of these things are things that you should be, you know, thinking about and considering. This is a very cerebral part of being a business owner, right? Decision making is, uh, is sometimes rough. And lastly. Number six. Get input from people that you trust. That could be your board of directors, your management team, your employees. Maybe you have a consultant or an agency. I know I get inquiries like this all of the time. And how you ask for that input is going to matter. You don't want to come across like you're making a decision by committee. Decision by committee is usually a mess, right? <laughs> but you do want to get input. So you can say, I am considering and wanted to get your thoughts or what do you think? You can present what you've learned in your thoughts or maybe you want a little less researched and more of a gut level response based on their own knowledge. You know, I, I whenever something new comes out, because again, sometimes starts with the kids, I will ask my children, you know, what do you think about that? What are your friends saying about this? Whatever, Because I want their unbiased, uneducated, because Lord knows children are ignorant a lot of times. Uh, I want their, their, honest, their honest opinion on whatever the, the thing is. Yeah, in those cases, it's kind of like a little mini focus group. Very much, very much. So um, that's what I have for you today. The six keys for leadership when considering change and your business. Well, that is a lot, but it's very valuable as always. Now, before I ask you for any straight shot of today's episode, I would like to remind our audience, if you find straight shot valuable, or even if you just like us a little, please, please, please hit that subscribe button, like this episode, click the bell if you're on the YouTubes, might not do a lot for you, but it really helps us out with the algorithms on those platforms. And if you've already subscribed where you are, maybe go to a different platform and subscribe and like us there. Tell your friends and colleagues about us. You don't have to keep us a secret. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate you. Now, Zachary, back to you. Tell us, what is the straight shot for today's episode? Our world continues to change. You can't stop it. The roles of marketing include 
connecting with the public where they live, in their lifestyle, with their emotions, meeting their needs, and then influencing them to choose your product or service and then prefer it in the marketplace. Marketing is about people. Marketing is not about products or services. So go to where they are living their lives, make that connection, then fulfill their needs with whatever it is that you sell. They'll buy from you because they've connected with you. They like you. They feel that you understand them and you provide that product or service that they need. And yes, sometimes that will mean using new technology to get in front of them or new processes, new methods. You want to be smart about it, but you also want to be quick. That's another one. If you are there before too many others make that same decision, you are going to have a larger audience to yourself with little saturation from other businesses or competitors. That is one way to find the competitive edge. So use these six keys to change for business. Acceptance, respect, self-education, evaluation of the risk versus the benefits, look out for common excuses and get outside input. Then make your decision, commit to it, and then measure your company's success. Good stuff. All good stuff. Very good. Well, guys, let us know what you thought of today's content in the comments or on our social media if the platform you're on doesn't have comments. I know that some platforms don't. But on those, you can leave a review. Wink. I don't think you should say it like that. But anyway, let us know if you have any questions or a topic you'd like us to look into for a future episode. You can email us at info at straightshot.net or you can call us on the telly at 678-825-8086. Isn't the telly a television? Is it? Yeah. Television. Telephone. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. Anyways. Call us on the mobile device or landline of your choice at 678-825-8086, extension 300, or message us on our social media channels. Just search for Straight Shot Marketing Podcast. Follow and like us while you are there. We want to hear from you. All right. That's all we've got for today, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you later. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast informative, we hope you'll pass along our web address, straightshot.net to your friends, colleagues, and business associates. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash straight shot. If you would like to have your question featured on the show or would like to be a guest, call 678-825-8086 extension 300 or you can email us at info at straightshot.net 
Be sure to download the Straight Shot Podcast app on your smartphone to hear previous and new shows. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, or directly at straightshot.net. This has been Straight Shot. 